When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. What an un- unbelievable performance last night and throughout these playoffs for the Golden State Warriors, four-time champs, and Steph Curry. What else is left? What else is left? It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Canty, there are so many things to say about what has transpired here, but... I mean, Steph Curry is just one of the greatest players to ever play the game and put on another tremendous performance last night and clinching his fourth title with the Golden State Warriors. No doubt about it, big fella. And Steph Curry was the catalyst when the Golden State Warriors went on that 21-0 run in the first half of that game. And you knew at that point that it was probably going to be curtains for the Boston Celtics. So shout-out to Chef Curry. Shout-out to the Golden State Warriors winning their fourth title in the last eight years. That's every other year, Carlin, winning a title. That's pretty damn impressive. It certainly is. And as you know, we're rolling in only one place, and that's in Boston. Here we go! Only one place to start. And the namesake of this show is Mike Greenberg, who joins us right now from Boston for some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Greeny, just put it all into perspective for us from last night as we watch Curry and the Warriors put together yet another tremendous performance. Yeah, I think this one means more for Steph Curry's legacy than the previous three combined. I don't think that is hyperbole. Um, you know, I, I, I was fascinated by the the chip on the shoulder, the pettiness, whatever um, definition or however you want to define their um, their their standoffishness a little bit last night. How, how the slings and arrows, the slights, really seem to have stuck with them. Um, the questions that have been asked about the Warriors over the years were fully legitimate ones. The first championship they won, they were a team that a lot of people didn't see coming. They played a Cavaliers team in the final that was without Kyrie Irving and without Kevin Love. They win the championship, and Steph wasn't named the MVP. It's a magnificent accomplishment, but it doesn't put you on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. Then, because of a sort of a flukish, once-in-a-lifetime blip in the NBA collective bargaining situation, a team that wins 73 games can add one of the greatest players that ever lived and give up nothing at the same time in Kevin Durant. And the Warriors became a cheat code. Those championships come with a figurative asterisk next to them. And if anything, they are really more Durant's championships than they are Steph's. So what was missing from his resume? What was missing from his historical, uh, from, from his place in historical significance was exactly what he did the last two weeks. The questions that we've asked about him were legitimate. In the circumstance where he needs to be the best player on the floor in an NBA Finals, can he do it? They were questions. He answered them once forever and always over the last two weeks. He was brilliant. By the way, he was brilliant on both ends of the floor. My friend Jalen Rose, with whom I was sitting and watching the game last night, repeatedly talking to me about the defense that Steph was playing. They were isolating him. They were trying to pick him out, and he was up 
for the challenge. Steph was by far, without question, without debate, without discussion, the best player in these finals in a series in which I genuinely believe the other team had more talent than his did. He willed his team to a championship, and he forever silences any of those doubts. He silences or answers all of the questions. His place among the game's immortals is 100% secure forever. So I don't think you can overstate the historical significance of this for Steph. Uh, I think it is absolutely everything. Greeny, I know this is Golden State's moment, but since you brought up Kevin Durant's name, I can't help but take it to this place. You never want to see your ex do better with the next, but that's essentially what happened with Golden State winning with winning this championship. And Steph Curry said it in the postgame, this one hits different, and he didn't mention KD by name, but you got a feeling like being able to get it done without KD and over the past two years dealing with all of the injuries, it makes it mean that much more to this Golden State Warriors squad. But in looking at how they constructed this roster, do we have to give Kevin Durant credit for the hockey assist and them being able to put together this team? Yes. I mean, obviously, um, without meaning to, he's the reason they have Andrew Wiggins, without whom they absolutely, for those who don't know, by agreeing to a a sign-and-trade when he wanted to go to Brooklyn, the Warriors trade him, they get back D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell turns into, and, and a variety of other players of far less note, Basically, D'Angelo Russell turned into Andrew Wiggins and the first-round pick that became Jonathan Kaminga. And for any fans who don't know who that is, he is a 19-year-old future stud that the Warriors have coming up, you know, sort of in the system. He's almost like in the minor leagues and getting ready to, uh, to, to burst onto the big leagues next year for the Warriors. So the cavalry is coming. So, yes, without meaning to, Durant's departure definitely strengthened the Warriors. But, look, I will tell you this, guys. I was sitting there last night. When the game ends, we had about we, we had to wait through the trophy ceremony, and we, we did some post-game. So I was just looking through Twitter, and the name Kevin Durant was trending almost immediately after that game ended, and it trended all night long. That is a part of this story. A part of this day is that Kevin Durant chose Kyrie Irving over Steph Curry. That's just what happened. He decided he wanted to hitch his wagon to Kyrie and that the two of them were going to go off and be a duo. And once again, this is an evolving story. It is a story whose finish has not been written yet. If a year from today we are having this conversation and the Nets have won the championship, we'll be talking about the validation of Durant and of that decision. But as of this moment, when Steph Curry is on top of the basketball world and Kevin Durant's team got swept out of the first round of the playoffs with all of the I mean, I don't even know how to define however you want to describe what this year was with Kyrie and all of that. This look, it, it it is a day for Steph, and it is a very, very tough day for Kevin Durant. Greeny joining us from Boston. Canty and Carlin filling in on the radio for him today. Greeny. The Warriors as an organization and what is now uh, this dynasty of four championships in eight years and really having three different iterations of this dynasty around the centerpieces of it. Put that into perspective for us and how it compares to other dynasties we have seen in professional sports. It's a great, a great way of looking at it. I'll give you two separate thoughts on that. The first is that right now there is a there's the, the championship they won before Durant, the two they won with Durant, and now this one post-Durant. There feels like a real uh, a fullness to that, a, a completeness to that. Um, and and but they may very well not be done. But, but at least as of this moment, it does feel like there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, or at least a new iteration 
to it. The second piece, and I was thinking about this this morning, because the last team to win this many championships in a period this short were Michael's Bulls. And as you guys know, I was around them a lot. But the whole world got to see a glimpse of what that was like inside in the last dance last summer. And what struck me last night, one of the the, the reason the Bulls broke up, the reason the last dance was the last dance, had something to do with money. But it had a lot more to do with interpersonal relationships, the stress, the strain, the pressure of being that group. And I have always believed that that just came with the territory of being that good for that long. But what we learn here and what I think we saw in, in the last dance is part of that was about Michael and just about Michael not being the easiest person in the world to be around. And I love him. And he's the greatest player of all time, but not the easiest person to work with. What struck me last night, Chris, was the Warrior players were as happy for Steph as he was for himself. They were as happy for him as they were for themselves. And I think that is an enormous statement about him, about his personality, about his leadership style, about who he is. And and, and this, this one, at least this year, was every bit as much his team as those teams were Michael's teams. And, and I think that, look, you give credit to the ownership, give credit to the GM who put it all together, give credit to Steve Kerr, who right now has a ridiculous nine NBA championships and all of those players. But at the end of the day, when you talk about this dynasty, it's Steph's dynasty. And the fact that it is showing no signs of slowing down, but that it's something people want to join, it's something that figures to keep going, I think that says a lot about him um, and and about his style, his personality, and his leadership. That, that, to me, is front and center in the conversation today. And, Granny, continuing with that point, when I was watching the game last night in the fourth quarter when it became obvious that the Warriors were going to win their fourth championship in eight years. I was thinking about their dynasty and how Steph Curry set the culture for that team. And it reminds me of a guy that we saw in football in Tom Brady and what he was able to do over two-plus decades with the New England Patriots. And I'm not saying that the two guys do it in, a, in the same way, but in terms of the selflessness that Steph Curry has in doing what's in the best interest of the team, taking a backseat to Kevin Durant because it made them a better team, they allowed them to win two championships – I see a lot of parallels in terms of those guys willing to sacrifice for the team's overall success and that allowing the organization to sustain a level of success over a elongated period. Absolutely. And I just had Charles Barkley on Get Up With Me, and he brought up Tim Duncan in that exact same context, Chris, that Duncan was the unquestioned superstar of that team, and as his career went on, he was willing to allow Manu Ginobili to be the guy. He was willing to allow Tony Parker to be the guy. He was all about winning first, last, and always. And look, how many stars of Steph Curry's magnitude coming off a 73-win season would go to the Hamptons and recruit a player who was perceived to be better than him and say, come on in here, and I'll let you shine. I'll let these become KD's teams. Uh, not too many players of his um, of, of his place in the sport would have even considered doing that. They would have been offended by the idea of doing it. And you know, a, a lot of guys they needed to get away from other stars in order to have their own team and their own thing. Uh, he wanted to bring Durant in. So yes, I think you make an incredibly important point, and, and I think it goes back to what I was just saying a moment ago. Steph's nature, his leadership his personality, they are the 
They are the central core of this dynasty, and they are the reason it's not ending. Because, again, as, as these three guys get a little bit older, and Clay played better as the series went on, and Draymond played better as it went on, and Steph doesn't show sign of slowing down, but they got a lot of good young players. Jordan Poole is going to get better. Andrew Wiggins is a terrific young player. I mentioned Jonathan Kaminga. They have this guy, James Wiseman, who we haven't seen anything from yet. Maybe he turns out to be great. Maybe they turn him into something else in a trade. I do not think we have heard the last of these Warriors. Greeny, real quick, because Steph Curry now has the finals MVPs, the debates are going to ratchet up about whether or not he's a top-ten player. But I want to ask you, is he the best player under 6'5 in the history of the NBA? That's so hard to say. I mean, Charles Barkley, the first words out of his mouth when I asked him to put this in perspective for me this morning, the first thing he said was, it means he passes Isaiah Thomas as the best little man in NBA history. And I think that's right. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if 6'5 is the cutoff. That sounds about right. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say he is, he's ahead of Iverson. He's ahead of Isaiah. He's well ahead of Steve Nash. Who else would be in that category? I mean, he's Jerry either, West. Yeah, I think he goes ahead of West. Look, I mean, West, I'd, I'd like to see what West's numbers would have looked like if he had played his career with a three-point shot. Um, but, yes, I think he does go ahead of West on the all-time list. I mean, you want to go all the way back to guys like Bob Cousy. You want to go through others like Nate Archibald. I'm trying to think of some of the other great little men. Maybe Stockton would go in that category. I, the answer is yes. I would say Steph Curry is now that without question. Okay, last one, Greeny. So is he now a top 10 player of all time? See, that's so hard to do. He was 16 when ESPN did our top 75 at the beginning of this season, the 75th anniversary season. He was 16. Durant was 12. I'm doing this from memory. Moses Malone, Kareem Abdul. No, not Kareem. Sorry. Moses Malone, Dr. J. um, Those were the guys who were right ahead of him on the list. In order to put him top 10, like, who are we bumping out? Are we bumping out Larry Bird? Are we bumping out Kobe Bryant? I believe Shaq was 11. I, I, I think it is a great debate, and I think it is something that we have to sit down, and I don't have the, all of the, the players in front of me, but I think he makes it, let's put it this way, maybe the greatest testament that I can off the top of my head pay him is that he absolutely makes that a conversation worthy of the hours and hours and hours of debate that will be had over it. And to do that in this sport at his height or any height is an unbelievable accomplishment. And whether you think he's 10 or 11 or 13 or 7, he is an immortal now. When we talk about the all-time greats, he is in there with them. He's in that room. He's in that little, very exclusive room in the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is not just one big building. It's a collection of rooms. And he is in the smallest one with the very best players. Greeny, bringing in the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Hey, we know you were up late. We know you were up early. You need some sleep, and we appreciate you popping on to start the show today. Travel safely, and what an amazing job you and the crew did throughout the NBA playoffs. Thanks so much, Greeny. Uh, it was fun. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I, said, uh, I know you guys have to run, but I said to Stace, we're doing two things. A, we're having a celebratory dinner to celebrate, you know, the end of my first season doing the NBA. And B, 
We're doing it at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I will be in bed tonight by seven. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, Greeny. We appreciate it. And listen, so much you can take out of it, and we're going to discuss it all. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours, and Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at Progressive.com. We are just getting it all started so where does Steph officially land now in the landscape of all-time great players is he now in the top 10 did last night change anything about your view of Steph Curry it is all on the way Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but Macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. The Golden State Warriors back on top of the NBA once more. You never take this for granted because you know you never know when you're gonna be back here. And to get back here and get it done means the world. So the dynasty was over. I went through some things, tore everything, and I'm still here. Welcome back to the Warriors Invitational, baby. It's what we do. Just an amazing performance. Absolutely remarkable what Steph Curry accomplished. He is the NBA Finals. MVP, and yeah, he was in the zone all series long. Get in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Plus as well. I don't know what's left. I, I You know how I felt about him prior to this series, that he was already in the top 10. I don't know that this winning the MVP of the finals – as so many have thought, really changes what's left for Steph Curry or what was missing for Steph Curry. But, Chris, we're talking about four titles. He's now got that finals MVP. He's won the MVP twice. He is the best shooter of all time. He changed how the game is played, and we saw a little bit of all of it in the NBA Finals. To me, his legacy is more than secure as one of the ten greatest players to ever play in the NBA. And here's the thing, Carlin, because you're bringing up the finals MVP. It's not like it's a Fugazi finals MVP. Oh, no, no. Like the Andre Iguodala one in 2015. No. Because this dude actually earned it. He averaged 31-6-5 over the life of this series. And lest we not forget, he had the signature moment, the signature game in game four when they're at TD Garden and in danger of going down 3-1. What does he do? 
he drops 43 points and throws along 10 boards to go with it. I mean, Chris, think, like, think about me, that for me, a second. To me, to me that, that, that was the moment where the series turned on a dime, and then you're talking about the Warriors rattling off three straight wins in order to hold up the Larry O'Brien trophy. Think about it. If they go down 3-1 at that point, the series is probably over. And we, and we did not think at that point that they were capable of winning three games in a row in this series. We we thought there was no shot that they would be able to do that, and here they did. They went out no, and they, did no, it. No, they did, they did it, but here's the thing, Carlin. It's different winning three games in a row when you're down 2-1 versus winning three games in a row and you're down 3-1. I understand that two of them on the a, road, there, though. There, there is a there is a difference there. I understand. There's a difference. There's I, a difference. I, Not I, a lot of teams in NBA history come back in the NBA Finals down three one. But it just go and happen. do it on the road the way they did made it super impressive. But just from Curry's standpoint, Chris, I can't imagine what else is left for him to accomplish after he did this in the finals and. How much you could see it really, truly meant to him to play at this level that he did. Um, it clearly was special and the most special of all the championships because he was the guy to get it done. And he knew it and he knew he had to play at a certain level for this team in particular that may not be have been the most talented of the Warriors teams to get it done. Well, here's the thing, Carlin. It's a no excuses championship, right? There is no yeah, but when it comes to this chip that the Warriors won. If you look back in the 2015 championship going up against the Cavs, you're talking about LeBron James and Matthew Dellavedova. And as much as we loved what Delhi did in the postseason, it was a depleted Cavs team that the Warriors were facing off against. And if you fast forward to the next two championships with Kevin Durant, it's like, yeah, you added the second best player in the world to a team that had won 73 games the season before. What did we think was going to happen? You were going to win the chip. So everybody dismissed the greatness of Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Well, you can't do that this year because after the two years where they had to deal with all of the injuries to Steph, Clay, and Draymond, people didn't come into this season thinking that the Golden State Warriors were going to win a chip. We didn't. No. But when we saw how they were ending the regular season and how Clay Thompson was rounding in the form and how Draymond had some moments and how he was – initiating the offense, and Steph Curry started to cook, we said, oh, boy, they got a chance. And then they added this guy, Jordan Poole, who's coming to his own this year. And then you're talking about other guys that are in the rotation, like Andrew Wiggins, first-time All-Star. You started to think, maybe this team has a chance at being able to get something done. They boat raced the Denver Nuggets in the first round. They had a test in the second round against the Memphis Grizzlies. They survived that. Of course, we know John Moran got hurt, but they still survived that test. Then they beat the Dallas Mavericks. And then you're talking about them going up against a team that had one of the most impressive runs through their respective conference that we've seen in recent postseason memory. Mm. And all I'm simply saying is th- this series turned on a dime in game four. And the reason why it changed was because of Steph Curry. So you give him all the credit. You give him the Bill Russell trophy. Ironically, he's getting that in Boston. <laughs> but but all of those things, you give him all of the praise, all the accolades, all the flowers because he deserves it and because this team deserves it. There's nothing that you can do to diminish or minimize this championship for the Warriors. And to me, that's what makes it special. That's what makes it hit different. Well, for all those who – 
always hear players say, you know, I don't hear it, I don't listen to it, I don't listen to any of the chatter. Steph knew exactly what had been going on all along. Here he is with Lisa Salters when he got the Bill Russell Trophy. It means we won. It means we uh, took advantage of the opportunity getting back here. And I mean, I hear all the conversations, I hear all the chatter. We hear all the chatter. At the end of the day, it's about what we do on the floor. Ain't got to talk about it, just got to go do it. And uh, this one hits different. This one hits different for sure. And, and Chris, I think what, what gets lost is what he does to set up what's happened over the last several years and the the personal sacrifices that were made in the midst of being an all-time great player. And I, I listened to him last night, and yes, he enjoys the fact that he's the MVP, but tell me that it's the most important thing when you hear Steph Curry talk like this. What does just this mean to you to finally be a finals MVP after everything? Forget that. We champs. Why are you starting with that question? We got four championships. You know, like, God is great. The ability to be on the stage and play with amazing teammates. I guess a great Boston Celtics team that, you know, gave us everything to try to get to the finish line. Um, This one hits different for sure. You heard him say that a couple of different times. And I think it's because of how they did it. But think about a guy that had won a championship, willing to sacrifice being the man to bring in Kevin Durant. And then Durant leaves. Fellas, let's figure out how to do it a different way. And he was the single greatest cog in all of it. Yes, there's a, there is just being a best player, uh, Chris, on the team, but there is a tone that is set by that guy that you can tell how much everybody else was enjoying it for him. Well, winning is the most important thing, Carlin. I mean, Steph Curry is not one of those players that wants to win but only on their terms. He'll win however he thinks the team has to win. And, and whether that means changing the identity, changing his style of play, pushing other guys to do some different things. Whatever has to happen, Steph Curry is willing to do it for the team. And, and it's rare to find a superstar, a guy that has that ability, that kind of talent, have that type of attitude. That That is rare, Carl. And Steph Curry, he's clearly shown it. I mean, think about it. When they asked him about winning finals MVP, he said, forget about that. We just won another championship. Yep. And the part that you didn't hear in that soundbite is him giving credit to everybody in the organization for the two trophies that the team earned last night, including the Bill Russell Trophy. The finals MVP said it's not just about me. It's about my teammates. It's about this organization, their commitment to winning. So acknowledging everybody when it comes to not only the individual success that he's had, but the team success. And I think that's important. When you have a superstar that sets that type of tone, it makes it a lot easier to have sustained success. It makes it a lot easier for the organization to make difficult decisions. It makes it easy for Steve Kerr in a pivotal game in the NBA Finals to bench Draymond Green in the fourth quarter. It makes it easy to make those types of decisions. It makes it easy when your superstar says, you know what, I'm going to come off the bench to start the playoffs Mm -hmm. because we got a guy like Jordan Poole that's balling. Let me let him do his thing until I get my legs back up under me. 
Those are the types of things that make a difference, and that's why I liken them to Tom Brady. And you heard Charles Barkley bring up Tim Duncan and him taking a backseat to Manu and Tony Parker later on in his career. Like, those types of things matter if you're going to be consistently competitive and have a chance to compete for championships year in and year out. This doesn't happen <clears throat> by happenstance. No. This is all about a culture that's set. And that's the guy that does it. It's Steph Curry. And that's why Steve Kerr said in that press conference, and I think this is important to note, he said Steph Curry is the reason for all of this. Listen to him. Here he is. None of this happens, you know, and that's not taking anything away from um, Joe and Peter's ownership because they're amazing owners, uh, built an incredible organization. Bob Myers, a hell of a GM, and, you know, uh, our players. We've had so many great players, but Steph ultimately is, you know, why this run has, has happened. It's it's as simple as that. And then perhaps putting it all best into perspective is something that you will hear in 30 seconds from Brian Windhorst. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good, really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless, now offering our $45 silver unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 silver unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Listen to Brian Windhorse, ESPN. NBA insider this morning on Get Up with Greeny and company on how Steph Curry's sacrifice most played into this championship. One of the things that I will take away from this is Steph would admit to you he didn't play his best in the in the finals in the past. He was not a dog. He had a lot of great games, but he didn't put his best foot forward. And had he not put his best foot forward in this series, they don't win. He bought them time to get better. If you look at this series from front to back, Draymond got way better. Klay Thompson got way better. Gary Payton Jr. got, or the second, got his feet underneath him and got better. I would even argue that Steve Kerr, his lineups early in the series weren't working out. He made a lineup adjustment, figured out how to do it. He got better. And so it was really Curry playing a role of sort of all-encompassing star that he had not played before. We'd seen him play it many times in regular season games and other playoff series. We'd never seen it at this level. And so in a way, even though they had to deal with some adversity, the way it played out was a perfect opportunity for him to satisfy not only the doubters, but to satisfy himself. Because he was proud of himself. I know that in the moment he was saying, now you have nothing to say. But I got to believe deep inside, he was extremely proud of the way he performed under this pressure. You know, it's amazing to think that it happens in not just that grand scheme that Wendy's talking about. Where Steph is such an amazing player that he can do all those things at that level and give you opportunities for everybody else to kind of catch up and get better. You could throw Jordan Poole into that group, too, who got better later in the series. But, Chris, you can also uh, point to the fact that just in last night's game, he helped them get better and helped them. Uh, it was really a tone setter in putting together a 21 nothing run after very early in the game. They could have just packed it in where the Celtics came out and and 
absolutely had incredible energy, and they did not blink for one second in that moment because of Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, they withstood the initial wave that they knew was coming, and with the Golden State Warriors, because they had that championship DNA, they understand that there are going to be ebbs and flows, and with Boston fighting for their lives, they were going to come out with a lot of energy. You knew that they were going to come out with a lot of fight. But credit to Golden State, they sucked the will out of the Boston Celtics in that second half, and a lot of that had to do with Chef Curry, who dropped 22 points in the second half of that game, Carlin, on 7 of 12 shooting, 4 of 8 from three-point land. Every time they thought they had a sniff, it was over. Yeah, and that's why Chef Curry went ahead and after he nailed a three in the third quarter, put the put the hands yep. toward to his face to signal it's bedtime. Yep. Like they knew at that point there was no more fight in that dog that is the Boston Celtics. They had no more. The only guy that looked like they were interested in playing basketball in the fourth quarter for the Seas was Jalen Brown. Everybody else, shut it down. If and, you don't believe me, go back and watch the game. And we are going to get into that next because – There are questions around this Celtics future and exactly who is interested in competing for a championship, who is not, and what they need to do because they played a big role in this as well. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails and counting because everyone deserves to experience what's out there, like your kids, their kids. And even their kids' kids. So head over to your local park trail to see for yourself. Nature Valley, life happens out there. What is the future of the Boston Celtics? It is not a simple run it back. We'll explain next. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Whether they want to admit it or not, they've got big problems in Boston. And let's just start with the play of Mr. Club Superstar. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. I'll give you a chance to marinate on that for 30 seconds, Chris. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but it also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified by data from over 5.5 million ASE certified technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. 
Jason Tatum should not only be tossed from club superstar, right now he's banned. I mean, that's how bad he played. He's banned. He's banned right now. I'm not calling it a lifetime ban, but I'm calling it a ban right now. You, well, they, got the, they got his picture at the door saying, at, do not at least let this one guy year. In. One year do not at least. Let this guy in. Exactly. Okay. Do not let him in under any circumstances. Because, Chris, he quite literally put up the worst shooting percentage from two in the history of the NBA Finals. Think about that for a second. Jason Tatum. Put up the worst shooting percentage from two, not from three, not from the floor as all, just from two in the history of the NBA Finals at 29%. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, Jason. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I mean, I I didn't understand why Jason Tatum was so passive in the second half of that game. It it just seemed like he was disengaged from the offense. And, Carlin, for me, a superstar has got to show up when his team needs him. And that wasn't Jason Tatum. I mean, it was absolutely abysmal. And we've talked about how bad he's been in the fourth quarter of games um, this this series. And, you know, yesterday was a continuation of that. I mean, he scored two points. He was one of four. So you're talking about a guy that's averaging, what, less than three points per game in the fourth quarter? And he's shooting less than 25%? from the field in the fourth quarter. Oh. I need for my superstars to show up, man. Like like Tatum was a ghost in that game. I I I just I just think it's completely unacceptable. Carlin in the second half, the guy had one field goal. I mean, Chris, one he, field goal. Let's call he didn't, it what it was. He didn't get to the free throw line, Carlin. Let's call it what it was. He checked out. He checked I, out. I, you know, you, you can say he checked out, you can say it's a classic choke job, whatever you want to say, but it wasn't great. And so it's very disappointing for Jason Tatum to have this kind of finals after he's gone on the run that we've seen him through in the Eastern Conference playoff field. And, and that, that's the thing that, that's a little bit shocking for me. I mean, for a guy to have 23 turnovers in the series, Carlin, 23 turnovers. Chris, he turned it over 100, 100 times, times in, in the, the postseason. Yeah, I know, I know, Carlin. I know. 100. I know. And we keep talking about how important it is for him to protect the basketball, for the Celtics to protect the basketball, and in an elimination game, your team turns it over 23 times, five of which was your own doing. There are some things about Jason Tatum's game that he's got to get back in the lab and figure out. He's going to have to be able to drive the ball to the basket with his left hand. Like, that has to happen. There is no, I'm going to start left and then try to spin back right because the defense is anticipating that. you got to be able to anticipate contact when you're going to the rim. There is no turn down and turn your back to the defender and try to throw up a foul and then look to the rest to see if they'll bail you out with a whistle. Like, at, at, at some point, that's got to stop. There were two occasions, Carlin, he's got one-on-one fast-break opportunities with Draymond Green, and he tries this Euro step to the left and then laying it up with his right hand while twisting in the air. I mean, And both of them look absolutely ridiculous. At Chris- some point, that has to stop. At some point, he's got to get better. If I knew what he was going to do, that's a problem. If I knew what he was going to do, that's a problem. And it was so clear as day what he was going to do. Now, that aside, they have a a point guard issue that has to be addressed. While they're Well, hold hold on, Carlin. Hold on, Carlin. Before we we get off of the Tatum topic, I do want to say this, and I do want to offer a little bit of optimism, glass half full for Jason Tatum. He is only 24 years old. 
Yes. He did average 21-7-7 and in the NBA Finals. And although it feels like those are are empty calorie stats, the the profile, the actual stat line, is almost identical to what we saw from LeBron James in his first NBA Finals. He averaged 22-7-7. On 23% shooting? No, on 35% shooting. 35% shooting. Let me get that right. 22-7-7 on 35% shooting for LeBron James. Jason Tatum, 21-7-7 on 36% shooting. So I'm just saying, Jason Tatum is young. There is an opportunity for him to grow and get better. But the Boston Celtics have to acknowledge that he has to get better. And in order for that to happen, in my opinion, Carlin, they got to find a real point guard. Well, but this, this has to, for Tatum... We'll get to the point guard conversation in a few minutes, but just on that thought, Tatum is going to spend this offseason looking in the mirror and figuring out how he has got to get better if we're going to even put him in that discussion. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.